Father, we pray that you would indeed speak to us now, that we would hear your word and see Jesus, the living word, for we ask it in his precious name. Amen. After much anticipation, Christmas arrived once more. For some, the excitement begins on the 1st of December when the Advent calendar doors begin to open, revealing chocolate or Lego or something else, counting down the days until Christmas Day. For others, the anticipation builds as the Santa list is considered, composed, corrected, and finally committed to the postbox or up the chimney. And from then on, the number of sleeps until Christmas is calculated and counted down. For others, excitement about Christmas lasts all year. After all, it's still another 362 days until Christmas and people already have their trees and decorations up. These days, it seems that we can hardly wait for Christmas. The shops are full of Christmas stuff from maybe even before Halloween these days. And Christmas music is played non-stop so that by the time Christmas finally rolls around, We're fed up with the whole thing and want the Christmas tree down by Boxing Day. We can hardly wait for Christmas, but it's nothing compared to the longing of the people of God for the very first Christmas. From the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, God had been making promises about a special baby boy who would be born of a woman who would come to rescue God's people. Last Sunday night at the carol service, we heard some of the prophecies from Genesis and Isaiah and Micah. There were many more. And the people of God were waiting. Waiting for God. They had no calendar to count down the days. They had no indication of when it might happen. They just had God's written word. In a time when God wasn't sending any fresh revelation to them. 400 years of prophetic silence. And yet a remnant continued to hold fast to God's word. Continued to wait for God's arrival. We're introduced to two of them by name tonight in our Bible reading. Jesus had been born in Bethlehem, but now we're in Jerusalem, in the temple, 40 days later where Joseph and Mary bring the baby Jesus to fulfill the requirements of the Old Testament law. And it's in the temple that we meet Simeon and Anna. We're told more about Simeon than we are about Anna. And so we begin with Simeon, who was righteous and devout. 
Now that doesn't mean that he never sinned, uh, but it does mean that he was trusting in God. He was living out his relationship with God by faith. We're told he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. So Simeon knew that God was coming to console, to comfort his people. And he was watching and waiting for it to happen. Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He may not see the full extent of the Christ's work. But he would see him and hold him and rejoice in that day. And that day was today. Simeon is moved by the Spirit to be in the right place at the right time, and he takes Jesus in his arms. He says, or perhaps sings, The song which we'll use later on in the service. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon says that he can die happy because he has seen his saviour. The fulfilment of all God's promises lies in his arms. He sees the child who will grow up to die on the cross, giving light to the Gentiles and glory to Israel. All the waiting is over. The Christ has come. We're probably most familiar with his song, uh, the Nunc Dimittis, but notice that Simeon goes on to say more. He says in verse 34, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Jesus is not just the turning point of world history from BC to AD. He is also the turning point of every person in history. Some will fall as they stumble over him, as they refuse to accept him. But others will rise as they build their lives on him. Our attitude to Jesus is what ultimately matters. Where we stand in connection to him. What we think of him. So what do you think of Jesus? Do you still speak against him by your thoughts and attitudes and words? Or do you see him as your saviour? Are you falling over him? Or rising in him? 
Simeon challenges us. Can we die happy because we have embraced the Saviour? Are we ready? Alongside Simeon, uh, we're also introduced to Anna, the prophetess. And Luke tells us that she was very old. Now the text that we have in the New International, it tells us that she was married for seven years and then a widow until she was 84. Uh, The alternative translation in the footnote suggests that she lived as a widow for 84 years, having been married for seven before that and having been a child before that. So she's maybe in her late 90s. But either way, whichever version, it doesn't really matter what age she is. Luke tells us that she is very old. But she isn't staying in the house by the fire. And she's not in a nursing home. Rather, she lives in the temple, worshipping God day and night, fasting and praying. She too was waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. And she too comes up to the family at this precise moment. She gave thanks to God, verse 38, and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon was waiting for consolation. Here Anna speaks of the redemption of Jerusalem, at the buying back, the the, the freeing of slaves. This little baby would grow up to be our redeemer. As Paul writes to the Colossians, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is our redeemer, the one who forgives our sins and gives us that freedom through his blood. Simeon and Anna were waiting for God to come. Others were to watching and waiting and longing for consolation for salvation for redemption perhaps this Christmas you find yourself waiting for God to fulfill his promises to step in and save to pour out his blessings to answer your prayers Luke tells us here that you don't need to wait any longer. Jesus has come, our comforter, our our saviour and our redeemer. And even tonight, as this old year passes away, you can put your trust in him. So please, don't wait. Don't hesitate. Receive him tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in Jesus the waiting is over.
We thank you that in Jesus your promises are fulfilled. That you have come to save us. Father, we pray that you would help us tonight to rejoice in your salvation as we rejoice in our Saviour. For we ask it in his precious name. Amen.